This is Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast of Bethlehem Baptist Church South Campus. If you're listening and want to know more about our church, go to Bethlehem.Church slash South. So you've never heard me say that before because Pastor Daniel always says that. That was well done. Thank you. Yeah. I, I prayed about it a lot last night and felt good about it coming into today. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we're, we're without Daniel for this podcast and the next podcast. So it's my job to run the show here. And with us today, we have uh, Nick Rowan. Hello. I'm here. Nick, what's your new title? Oh, gosh. Uh, Pastor for Worship and Adult Education. South. Was that overwhelming? No, I just, I've had so many, I had to remember. <laughs> That's right. Which, where, which iteration are you? We have Holly Nelson with us. Holly, what's your title? Hi. I am the Minister for Women's Ministry South. Holly is the casual one among us. <laughs> and so then I we heard. have Stacy Thorpe. Stacy, what's your title? Ministerial Coordinator for Care and Counseling South. Awesome. So who, we, and who are you? I'm Dave. I'm a pastor at the South Campus. Okay. <laughs> yep. So we, uh, we're going to do an episode here on complementarity, and so we thought it'd be good to have a couple <clears throat> women join us uh, to talk about that. It seems appropriate for the topic. They're going to join us for the next one as well about reopening, so stay tuned for that. So it's my job to think of a random question, and what I want to know from each of you is what is your ideal temperature kind of setting for outside in the summer? Like, what, what's your ideal temperature? This is very relevant considering the heat wave that we yep. have going on here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Any of you, jump in. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Stacy. I would say 73 degrees, partly cloudy. Mm-hmm. Breeze, no breeze? Little breeze. Okay. Yep. Little breeze. I like to put qualifiers around that question because it depends on where I am. But so sure. if I'm at the lake, which I like to be by the water, then I would say 80 and sunny. Mm. Good. Yep, I'd say 83. 83 and sunny, ideal. Mm. I'd say high 70s with a little breeze, sunny. Yep. Great. Get to know your staff here and their desires. <laughs> I don't hate outdoors. the '90s though. I know a lot of people hate hate it when it gets into the '90s. I don't hate that. I don't hate, I don't hate it either. Yeah. Especially like water. Like you know, I was running through the sprinkler with my kids the other day. That's fun mm-hmm. in the yeah. '90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're doing complementarity here, and so I'm going to start by asking each of you. This is fun because Daniel always asks me the questions, you know, and now I just get to ask you guys the questions. What is complementarity? <laughs> Two minutes or less. Mm. What is complementarity? And let's see who has the best answer. Ooh. Ooh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with wow. Stacy. Well, all right. <laughs> no pressure. I have notes, so <laughs> I Good. Um I would say that complementarity is that um we, I mean, just going to the beginning in Genesis, that mm-hmm. both men and women are created in God's image with equal value and worth, mm-hmm. and yet they're distinct. They're not, it's not two men that God created or two women at the beginning, but something about man and woman um, that are both image bearers but different um, that complement one another, and that's what brings glory to God. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's a great start. 
Holly. And it was a great start. So I, all I can do is add to it, I think. That's right. It's, um, <laughs> it was well-defined. And the only thing I would add to it is just the beauty of it. And, of course, it's God's design. It's a beautiful thing. But how they emphasize the other's qualities and mm. they improve and enhance, yeah, God's beautiful design. Mm. That's great. The way he created us. Yep. I feel like we can just go home now. That was, <laughs> that's great. <clears throat> that was good. Yeah, I mean, so man and woman created in the image and likeness of God, equal in dignity and worth, um, and <clears throat> yet distinct um, both in how they were made mm-hmm. and in the roles um, that God has given each of us to live in in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and those roles aren't in competition with one another, but like the title says, they complement one another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so just, you know, it's not a bad thing to talk about the distinctions between men and women. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's good. It's mm-hmm. good for us to know what are the differences, how do we relate, um, what are the roles that God has given, and how do they serve to glorify him in the family and in the church and even in our world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's helpful. So may- maybe uh, someone distinguish it. So, so we, we're saying complementarity, which we're saying is um, created in the image of God, male and female, equal worth, value, dignity, differing roles, and even differing physical traits. Um, so that's what complementarity is. What would what would be the other view or or another view even in mainstream uh, mainstream evangelicalism today? Yeah, so I mean the the most common um, other view that people would put in juxtaposition to complementarity would be um, <clears throat> egalitarianism, um, which would usually affirm that you know men and women are different, but that there mm-hmm. are not. Um, distinctive roles, per se, to be played out in the life of the family and in the church or in society. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they would say, you know, any time where the Bible talks about the differing roles or, um, you know, things that God would have men or women do in the Bible, we're mostly cultural um, and don't really transfer over, you know, to our day. And so they would minimize those differences in role. Yeah, basically. that's right. So why, why would we, um, just 30 second answer, why would we say we think there's more than cultural things going on there? What, what would be our, right, we want to be Bible people, so what would be our, our biblical rationale, at least from our perspective, on why it's more than cultural? Well, we see it played out in Genesis 1. I mean, yeah. how God created them, man and woman, has been said, and it's not good for man to be alone. Here's your mm-hmm. helper, your helpmate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they're, the roles are pre-fall. That's right. I mean, in the New Testament, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's Paul or Peter, that go back, that points back to that Adam was created first. Um, and so he was given the, the role of guarding the garden, mm-hmm. um, and protecting and and so um, yeah, just they're they're not just cultural um, issues, you know, that don't apply to us today, um, but they're seen throughout Scripture in 
even like the priests that were, you know, to guard the temple. And Mm -hmm. then um, in the New Testament, we see that only men are called to the role of pastor, elder. Um, And so just kind of those patterns continue throughout the Bible. They're not just for one time and place. Mm -hmm. Yep. Always grounded, grounded in creation. Mm -hmm. Yep. In the New Testament. Good summary. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, foundational. So we, we, we would say these are pre-fall distinctions so that they're written in God's good design for flourishing for human beings and for his glory. And even when you look at what happens in the fall, like in Genesis 3, it seems that uh, Satan is trying to reverse that order that God's designed and in the curses, there's some particular curses even aimed towards these particular roles that God has, has laid forth. And then Stacy just gave us a really good little quick biblical theology where we can kind of continue to see that played out in mm-hmm. different places. You got something to say, Nick? Just great job, Stacy. Great job. Glad you're here. <laughs> Such a compliment on this. <laughs> podcast. One thing, one thing I want to say too, is it's always good when we're talking about these things and distinctions, especially these hot button issues to just say, um, you know, we, we did really, really early on in this podcast, we did an episode on what we called theological triage, which means that we need to, we need to do triage and say, where does this issue land? And we we talked about level one being uh, the deity of Christ, the gospel, the resurrection of Christ, um, the Trinity, those those kinds of things where, and if you don't believe those things, we would say you're not a true believer. Um, and where we would probably put complementarity would be like a tier two, um, where it's really important. It's part of God's design for humanity. Um, but we, we, we would affirm that there are people who believe the gospel, love Jesus, have their sins forgiven, believe in the resurrection, believe in the Trinity, and they're going to differ on how they would apply these things, especially like in the church, in the home. And then there's all sorts of, uh, even within the complementarian camp, there's all sorts of different ideas about how, how far it stretches out into the world. Mm-hmm. But just to say that, that we, we, we affirm that there are gospel-believing churches that might differ with us on these things uh, to varying degrees. So within, within the complementarity camp, having kind of distinguished what is complementarity, um, there's this idea of broad or narrow complementarity. Some people say thin or thick complementarity. So when we talk about broad or narrow, and honestly, if, if you're uh, in a Reformed church, a complementarian church, these are all the debates you're seeing right now. Um, so what do, what do we mean when we say that thin versus thick, broad versus narrow? Someone take a shot at that. Well, I can, I can start that, and then you can, anyone else can jump in and clarify. But <clears throat> um, it's important to say right up front that thin versus thick or broad versus narrow, it's not just two, um, two buckets, whatever, um, but it's more of a spectrum. That's right. Um, and so you can land, you know, anywhere on this spectrum between narrow and broad or thin and thick. And what they're trying to get it, get at with those terms is how far reaching um, does God's good design from men and women reach in our world? Mm-hmm. And so they're on more of the narrow or the thin side. Um, those folks would say, <clears throat> well, we affirm complementarity and the roles that God has given men and women. Um, but they are for the home and for the church. And we see those things really clearly in Scripture. 
Um, and so men are to be the leaders, spiritual leaders in their homes, um, and and then uh, are supposed to be the ones who hold the office of pastor elder in the church. And then beyond that, the Bible doesn't prescribe um, how those roles get worked out. And so we shouldn't say much about how those roles work out in the culture and in the world around us. Um, and so they would just kind of want to stop it there. Um, and then you can move along the spectrum and all the way to the more broad side. They would say, well, since these roles are grounded in creation, in the way that God has made men and women, then there are implications baked into our, you know, our maleness and our femaleness that should dictate to some degree um, how even beyond the church and beyond the family, um, men and women should relate and function even in society and even in the broader world. Um, and so that getting at like what is masculinity and what is femininity and what do those things have to do with how we as Christians and people in general should live in the world. And so broad complementarians would see more implications in culture, in the world, um, whereas narrow complementarians would not want to say much about that. That's how I'd sum it up. That's good. Would either of you add anything to that? Maybe the only thing I'd say, too, is just that there, there's even some, uh, in the broad and narrow, there's, e- there's even some areas in application in the church. Sure. That, mm-hmm. you know, that, that people might differ in, you know. So if you go to First Timothy 2, that says, I do not permit a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, you would have some uh, some people who would take that and say, well, if you look at the next couple times that the words for teach and authority get mentioned in 1 Timothy, they're always in reference to eldership. And so we ought to read those words as, um, you know, mutually interpretive and in that what he's really talking about is, is eldership here. And, and therefore, there are, there are complementarian churches that would uh, have no problem with a, a woman uh, teaching or, or maybe even preaching on a Sunday under the authority of the elders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are some that say, no, it, what these are talking about is actual functions. So teaching and authority should be viewed separately as separate functions, not an office. And therefore, that should never happen. So, so there's even some, uh, so I think, I think generally what you said is exactly right. But then even within the, the church context, especially, I think there's probably some room for a spectrum there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stacy, Holly, anything you would add to that? You don't have to, but open it up to you. I think the only thing I think of is something that Nick had said was on, uh, how did you say it? Like the characteristics of what a woman and a man mm-hmm. are. Right. And I think the Bible does have a lot to say about that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, of course, if you're not in looking to the Bible for truth and, and what God has to say, it, it wouldn't make as much sense. But I like, you know, just that study of Proverbs 31 and looking at that beautiful design of, of a woman in a big term sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 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 and there's uh, all sorts of room there too, right? For mm-hmm. how do you work that out? You know, mm-hmm. so, so the, one of the things we're always going to be doing is saying, what is what does it mean to be like Nick said? What is maleness? What mm-hmm. is femaleness? And then looking at our world and saying, uh, what is cultural and mm-hmm. what is what is it? You know, trying to uh, wrap our our hands around it, like you said. But certainly, 
when I look at my, uh, my, for example, when I'm as a dad, I'm looking at my sons and my daughters, and I want a lot of the same things for them. I want holiness. I want maturity in Christ. I want all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and yet that there's instincts about, well, Stone and Apollos are boys and Iris and Quinn are girls. And, and I, I, there's different feelings and different instincts I have because of what's built into their, their manhood and their, their womanhood that I want to cultivate and have flourish in that context. Mm-hmm. Are you going to say something, Stacy? Well, I was just, um, thinking, I, or maybe it's more of a question. Would you say that those that are narrow complementarians tend to focus more on what men and women are mutually called to in scripture? So while they affirm, <laughs> you know, what scripture explicitly teaches about the roles of men and women, they emphasize more of what men and women are mutually called to? It could be. Yeah, it could be. I haven't thought about it uh, that way, but it certainly could be. What I found f- with most uh, narrow complementarians I interact with, um, and I don't even know where I'd put myself on the spectrum exactly, um, I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even love the labels that much, to be honest, because everyone I talk to is very nuanced in the different things they're examining. Um, but it seems to me like there's just a, a lack of... Uh, comfort in going beyond the home and the church as much because it's just not as explicit. And so they, they want to say, well, let's be really explicit where we think we can be. And then I get less and less comfortable, you know, the, the further out I go. Well, certainly affirming like what you said in the beginning, Stacy, like God created male and female, not two females or two males. So, so something's going on there. there. There is something distinct there that is beautiful and good. Um, but that's been my experience is there's just a, oh, we don't, we just don't see it as clearly, although you, you gave us a good little biblical theology of some places we continue to see it in the Bible that, that I think maybe a, a broader perspective would point to as mm-hmm. well. Sure. So, uh, what about what we're seeing today? And you can go a couple different ways with this. What implications is this doctrine have in our world today, like with just a lot of the a lot of the sexuality issues that we're seeing in our world today. Um, you know, what about even in the church? What we're seeing today with a lot of the debates and arguments going on. Would any of you want to just say, okay, we've talked about what it is, what it is, and we've talked about these kind of views within our uh, communities as 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 a church, even and in, in evangelicalism. What what does it who cares? What what should we what should we do about it as a church or in our world? Why does it matter? Yeah, well, I guess you know, um, in the culture, there's just a lot of confusion right now um, in general about like what are the differences between men and women? Are they interchangeable? Um, or what do we do if someone says they feel like? they're, you know, a man trapped in a woman's body or vice versa. And I think, um, you know, it's sad to see those things because those are the results of the fall Mm -hmm. um, that, you know, there's just a brokenness in people that Mm -hmm. they don't see, you know, how God designed them. Um, And so I think we can have a lot of compassion for that and still display the beauty of what God intended. Um, 
I think what's personally more discouraging to me is um, some of the things that have, you know, come out within the church of how um, oftentimes, maybe not oftentimes, maybe that's not fair, (laughs) but, um, you know, in churches that have um, valued complementarianism, that there's been, you know, either abuse that's come out, like in the Me Too movement and things where the value and dignity of women has not been there or upheld. And so I actually think that if you look at how God intended, you know, men and women to interact and men to protect and lead in, um, you know, mm-hmm. gentle and like servant hearted ways, um, really coming back to how God intended it with, in a complementarian way, in a true sense is, is really a correction that we need, mm-hmm. um, to value and uphold the dignity of both men and women, um, and to call out abuse where we see that as <clears throat> sin, um, and so I think there's been some, some good um, things being brought to the light that have needed, you know, the church has needed refining in and needs to do better at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we would say, too, tell, tell me if you agree, that where those things have happened, where abuse and domineering and, you know, treating women poorly have happened, we would say, well, that's not actually complementary. Right, exactly. That's yes. actually the opposite of what complementarity mm-hmm. should do because right. men should be nurturing and protecting and honoring women. Um, and where that doesn't happen, then that's not actually, you know, leading well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's, it's leading to a lot of disillusionment among Christians or Christian women, um, that they've seen this happen and then are renouncing, you know, complementarianism in general. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I guess, yeah, that is sad, um, but I just think if we're really teaching and, and not just teaching, but also modeling what this, what it really mm-hmm. means, um, that that would mm-hmm. correct that. Yep, totally. Amen. Yep. Yeah, one, one, uh, one maybe kind of example along those lines with what Stacy's saying is, you know, I, I think of Paul in Corinthians with, uh, with like spiritual gifts, for example, um, and they're just abusing it. It's going, I mean, they're doing it all wrong. They're misapplying it. And Paul doesn't say, you know, stop. Uh, he says, do it right. <laughs> he says he calls them to walk in the truth and to walk in discernment and to walk in decency. And in a similar way, as complementarians, and if, if we're called as, as men especially uh, to humbly lead and lay down our lives, we would want to be the first ones where where abuse or domineering or har- even harsh, we'll just be harsh, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, uh, so don't be harsh yep. with your wives. Where we see that, and we want to be the first ones in the battlefield to say that's wrong and that's not mm-hmm. God's design. That's a distortion and particularly evil when the Bible is used to justify uh, those behaviors. So we certainly want to be calling that out, like you said, and and and, and saying we're saying we're sorry uh, where where it's happening and lamenting where it's been distorted and where sin is the dominating effect instead of fidelity to the Bible and the work of the Holy Spirit. So, um, what what about what about at the South Campus? So we've said some things about 
church, some things about the world. I certainly think it's an important doctrine for the world because the the confusion, like Stacy pointed to, is a it's it's part of the fall. There's confusion everywhere. We want to have compassion, and then we want to call uh, people humbly and gently to repentance, to walk, because we want freedom for people, right? If, if God designed mm-hmm. it and yep. he designed it a certain way, mm-hmm. uh, he He made it so he gets to say how it works best, and that's going to lead to his glory, and it's going to lead to human flourishing. So those things are not at odds. So we're not like, well, obey God and be unhappy the rest of your life. We really think there's greater joy and greater freedom for those as they walk in obedience to to God. But what about the South Campus? Um what 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 have you know? All of you have been in on some conversations and known how we've been trying to walk out complementarity here. What do you say about the South Campus? What, what how are we trying to do that here? What do you see? Um, what's good? What, what can we get better at? You can go ahead yeah. and say that on the podcast. I'd I'd love to hear what our director for women oh, uh, women's ministries has to say on this. <laughs> well, I was thinking minister of minister for, for minister women. for women. Yes, women's ministry. I um, <laughs> well. Even just the mar- at the marriage retreat, it was a topic a couple of years ago of the marriage retreat of complementarity and um, how I have experienced as a Christian leader um, how my how my husband and I complement each other in that in him encouraging me mm-hmm. and supporting me in any of my leadership roles that God has called clearly called me to and yet in a balance of of that in our marriage it's I, I'll just say that before Christ I had a obviously a distorted view of this and the more I understood the beauty of complementarity and how God designed me and God designed my husband because I can tend to want to lead, and um, which is okay within the right um, format. But it's just a uh, it's just such a beautiful thing. And then him being able to come alongside and support me in that as I am supporting him as mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. as the leader in our marriage. But mm-hmm. but it overflows into the church. Mm-hmm. So the I've sat at the marriage retreat. Um, I see it as hearing from women Mm -hmm. that Pastor Dave leads quarterly, I believe. He just wants to hear the voice of the women um, being on staff, being part of that group. I appreciate that we are unique. They are going to hear a different perspective from a woman because Mm -hmm. we were created differently and how they they just appreciate that Mm. and want to hear from that. And yeah. What do you think, Stacey? What was the question again? South Campus. South Campus. What, what, what's going on here? What are we trying to do? What do, you, what do you see at the South Campus? Yeah, I mean, I think um, we're looking for ways to encourage the gifts and equipping of both men and women mm-hmm. and looking for ways for them, you know, both to grow and flourish and have opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have both men and women on the worship team we have both men and women you know, sometimes praying up front or being on the prayer team. I was thinking through all the ways that like mm-hmm. men and women are serving, you know, greeting people, um, leading small groups, or um, both men and women. We have men and women deacons here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a good representation on staff. 
of men and women and um, just as personally, I'll just say like, I feel like a valued member of the team here. I don't feel like a second class, I don't know, <laughs> employee, like mm -hmm. that there's like some hierarchy or something. Um, so that's been just really a privilege and um, just to be on staff in this role that is often held by a pastor. So um, I just think it's exciting. Um, I'm excited about, I guess this kind of goes into other things, but like even just the um, Truth on Fire training opportunities for men and women coming up this fall and um, mentoring opportunities for people. And so um, just that we're showing people that both men and women are important for accomplishing the Great Commission. And I'll add, when you brought up spiritual gifts and where God's calling us, I'll just add to that, that a woman does have a gift, can have a gift to teach. Mm -hmm. And within the church at South Campus, we have an opportunity to, uh, to, be, to use that gift. And um, I just appreciate that they recognize that, mm -hmm. along with other leadership, shepherding, mentoring, training yeah. w up women in leadership roles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, amen to everything you just said. And I just want to say, you know, explicitly as one of the elders, that the elders really do value the contributions and gifts in ministry of women. And we want to see women flourish. And we would not be complete if women did not use their gifts to serve this body. Um, and we are built up and encouraged in so many ways because of the ways that the women minister and serve and do all the things that they do called by God. So we're trying to do that as well as we can. Yeah, go ahead. One thing I was just thinking of too was, um, I think this is something that we are doing and I also want to continue to see us grow in, is being a family where our the primary way that we're relating to one another is as brother and sister. Mm -hmm. And I think that... Um, you know, when we talk about complementarity, I don't know how that always lands on my single sisters or even single brothers. I definitely don't <laughs> don't know how that's landing on them. Mm -hmm. But um, that you might, they might feel out of place or something. But if we're a real family of brothers and sisters, that everyone's welcome here. Everyone has a place to use their gifts and to get plugged in. Um, that that would also encourage the flourishing of men and women. Yeah, and mm -hmm. two great examples of that, right? We've got a single guy here yep. who's a pastor yep, and who's serving in a, an exemplary way of how to use your singleness. And we've got a single gal on staff in Rachel who's full-time here and is mm -hmm. knocking it out of the park with her gifts as well. Mm -hmm. So if you're single out there and you're wondering, hey, do I have a place here? I sure hope so. Uh, we need you. We need everyone in. Uh, no, there's uh, We keep saying it, but there's... There's no spectators in the game of Christianity, so we need everyone to be all that we can be with the various gifts that he's given us. Be all that you can be. Be all that you can be, <laughs> but but join the church. <laughs> is, that, is that the army An slogan? Army the... <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, anyways, any other any other uh, any other uh, parting parting comments about complementarity? Do we make it? Do we make it through without saying anything too offensive or stupid here? You don't want to tip I, your hand on 
you know, where each of you land is, you know. No. On okay, that's okay. I mean, I, I, I don't <laughs> mind saying that. <laughs> she baited you into it. Go that's for fine. it. Go no, for I don't it. care. I mean, I, I, lean, uh, I lean towards the broad uh, end of the spectrum um, where I do think that um, just be, simply because men and women were created differently and the, the, are not interchangeable, that means that there are differences. So I want to affirm that, and I want to be able to ask the questions, what does that look like in our world? Right. And um, it's just, the, there is just a certain common sense obviousness that men and women are different um, in how they function and the ways that God has made them. And so I want to be able to affirm that and celebrate that. So that would make me lean broad, but I wouldn't be... Um, you know, all the way, you know, I, whatever the far, far end of broad is, because I do think it becomes less clear mm-hmm. um, exactly how those things work out. And I mm-hmm. think that sometimes they're um, different culturally, you know, and yep. some of those things can can vary mm-hmm. um, based on what, what culture you're in. And so I would want to be slow to make those things as dogmatic as I would in the life of the church and in the home. But I do celebrate the differences between men and women in all areas of life. That's what I'd say. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's good. That represents me pretty well, too. I, like what I said before, you know, I, I I want a lot of the same things for my sons and my daughters, and yet my sons are boys and my daughters are girls, and I see the differences there, and I, I want to encourage them to flourish in all that they are in Christ in those differences. And then in a lot of the ways... I want the same things for them, you know, uh, and, and, you know, even in, in marriage, like with Kelly, um, you know, we, we believe in complementarity and we feel like it's, Kelly would say it's, it's, you know, like what Holly would say, she's just grown and understanding the beauty of it. And that doesn't change, uh, that, you know, one of our common sayings in our, in our marriage, when there's something hard or there's something going on is we, you know, we kind of do this basketball handshake and say partnership, you know, so it doesn't change that we're partners. It's not like I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think that's important to say too, mm-hmm. is in marriage, um, and in the church. Um, I mean, I would just be a fool. And I mean that in the strongest way, I would be a the fool. biblical fool. Sense, a biblical, yes. f- I would be a biblical fool. That seems like a weird phrase. In the Proverbs I'll go sense, with it. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'd be a Proverbs fool if, I didn't lean into the greatest gift in my life that God has given me in my wife as a helper fit for me. And in a similar way, the elders who are called to be godly men in the church would be fools if we didn't lean into the biblical godly wisdom of the women in our church uh, for the flourishing and health of this place. So... Um, while there is some sense of leadership and authority, it doesn't, that, that's, you know, in our world, that's kind of mutually exclusive from a partnership. I'll just say in the biblical vision, both are true at the same time. There's, there's leadership and there's submission and there's partnership all at once. That's kind of how practically I'm working it out as I'm going home and trying to love my family and trying to love this church. Mm. Any other final Questions or baits? I think <laughs> I think you know, Daniel's not here to keep us short, so I think we've already run pretty long here. So <laughs> our sound guy is saying it's time to cut it off. So 
now he's saying he's not saying that. But you, if you saw the look on his face, if you saw the look on his face, you would know he's cutting us off. So thanks for listening, and tune in uh, to our next one that's coming up on reopening. Thanks, Stacy and Holly. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Yep.